Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, home of the world's greatest artist, TLC, Gladys Knight, India Ari, Indigo Girls, and Hartsfield Atlanta Jackson Airport, the Falcons, and Clark Atlanta University. This is The Bright Side with Technicia, a daily show with real people with real experiences. And now, here's your host, Technicia. What can I do for you, Rod? You just tell me, what can I do for you? It's a very personal, very important thing. Are you ready, Jerry? I'm ready. I just want to make sure you're ready, brother. Here it is. Show me the money. Show you the money. Oh, no, no, you can do better than that, Jerry. I want you to say it with you with me then, brother. Hey, I got Bob Sugar on the other line. I better hear you say it. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Show you the money. Let's not show you. Show me the money. Show me the money. Yes. Louder. Show me the money. That's it, brother, but you got to yell. Show me the money. I need to feel you, Jerry. Show me the money. Jerry, you better yell. Show me the money. Thank you for tuning in. Good afternoon, everyone. This is your host, Technicia, and welcome to the Bright Side with Technicia. Of course, we all remember that little script from Jerry Maguire, Show Me the Money. And as tuition costs is going up higher, students are finding themselves more in debt. This year, we're probably looking at a major $75,000 or more in tuition, fees, books, and living expenses, plus lost wages. Each of those many students could and should be earning if they finish on time, but obviously not. And if you're like me, you're still paying student loans. But here with me to probably help you not even get into those debts is Mr. Stephen Roberts with his book, Winning the Money Game, Baby, in College. Book one, and finance is a solid guide to pursuing debt-free higher education. And in his book, it will show you to how to officially apply for scholarships, solicit one's employer or your parents' employers to pay for school, get paid to do homework, and we love that, don't we? The sound of money, making money, and avoid that credit card debt and those students there, and much more. So join me as we take this journey on down the line and how to Remain in school without feeling pressured and getting all of daddy's money digging into his pocket. Steven, thank you for joining us today. And our goal here is to learn how to win the money game and how not to be broke by the time we leave college. Absolutely, Technicia. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. Glad to have you on because school year is coming up again and we need to be prepared. Absolutely. That's actually an amazing thing because USA Today reports that it has 70% of all students will take out a student loan. So this is an amazing topic that people need to be aware of and need to know some resources that could actually save them thousands of dollars and years of debt. Yes. Can you explain? Tell us, what are those resources? Because as I found myself, I did start off on the path of which they would tell you in high school to apply for financial aid, but then you go up and it was like financial aid is not enough, and then I ended up getting into 
to the student loans. Of course, those sound pretty good. To, at the end, you do have to pay those back. But then you got your subsidized and unsubsidized loans, and then all the interest and fees start applying, and you like, Lord, someone help me. And it looks like you'll be like I'll be in my fifties or sixties before I get through paying for them. Okay, absolutely. Let me give your audience a little bit of my background and explain actually how I I learned a lot of these things. So what happened is is that right when I was starting college, uh, my sister got involved in a car wreck, and my parents were paying the medical bills for her, and just they came to me and basically said, uh, "Sorry, there's no money for college. <laughs> we're paying these medical bills, and if you want to go, you have to figure it out." So I did that. And what happened is, is I made a lot of mistakes, but I also learned from them. At the time, I was just debt adverse. It just was a personal thing for me. I didn't want to go into debt for it. And so I started looking around at different resources. And by the time I finished, I got 11 scholarships and grants, two prestigious scholarships, worked as a teaching assistant and a research assistant. Now, you had mentioned a moment ago, Technicia, that uh, your counselor, your high school counselor, encouraged you to apply for the FAFSA, the uh, free application for federal financial student aid. So that's a great right. start. And here are some things that you can do to kind of fill in the gap because it may not be enough for a lot of students. And one of the things that I did is I was a, a teaching assistant and they told me I had to hold office hours. And so I was like, okay, I can do that. I'll just help students out, answer their questions, do whatever I can. And I'll, it became very apparent when I went to the job that no one was showing up. And so I sat there going, huh, I have a backpack full of homework and I can just go and do my homework. So that's what okay. I did is I went and got a job and it worked out great, but it, what was an added bonus is I got paid to do my homework. I had already done all of the other responsibilities. I had done the grading. I had done um, any type of prep work that I needed. And in my office hours, generally, most students wouldn't come. And so I was left to just sit there and do whatever I wanted. In my case, I chose to do my homework. And so this is something that is a technique that can help thousands of students is, first, go get a job um, before you go get a student loan. That will in itself will help you out because, one, It'll help you to build work experience, which builds your resume. So that's a great option as well. But if you can find a job, especially in a college setting where you don't have to be actively engaged all of the time and your boss is okay with you doing the homework, great. Go ahead and do your homework. And so okay. that's something that can work. Now, um, those type of jobs on a campus setting, uh, there are plenty of them. There can be a parking lot attendant, an info desk attendant, a computer lab monitor, or any other type of receptionist, a weight room a check-in personnel. There's a whole bunch working of these the different things. Right. Yeah, working in the cafeteria. And just as a caution, though, to any user who thinks, hey, this sounds great, I'll just go do my homework, don't just assume you can do your homework. Uh, you mentioned the cafeteria, and actually I saw – I went up to a girl who was at a cash register. She was bored, knowing what I was doing, getting paid to do my homework. I asked her, like, why don't you go read a book or something? And she looks at me and goes, I can't. I'll get fired if I do. So obviously you can't Ooh. do this in every spot. Don't just assume that you can. But here's a safe way to check in advance is go look at uh, – scout out any jobs that you might see uh, that have some potential downtime and just ask the people already working at jobs. So what do you do? when there, there's nothing to do. Can you read a book or something? Reading a book is a safe question. And so they'll tell you, oh yeah, a lot of us will do our homework or we'll search Facebook or we'll check our email or whatever. And then you're like, okay, I've, I've got a general idea that it's okay on the job. And so do your, check it out first and don't just assume that you can do your homework. But even if you just got a job, it would save you thousands of dollars of debt. Right. Now, see the type of work I do, you can sneak off sometimes and go in one of the little side stations and read a book because one of my coworkers, she does it all the time. She go right back into the back and she reads her book, and I did the same thing when I used to work as a waitress at another job at the airport. I would go off and read my book, and they'll laugh. They'll be like, I know who book this is. Especially why you have a little time. Sometimes the boss don't mind, but if you got – other stuff to do, you know, you have to put that to the side because, of course, your education is not anyone else's problem but your own. 
Now, most people don't even think, though, Steve, when, Stephen, when you get into college, it's just, it's supposed to be fun. Yes, it does. And at the same time, taking the money while you can, that's all fine and dandy. But then, like I said, when I got my student loans, now I'm owing $42,000. And it's like, uh, that's not pretty. Is there a way around it? Let me ask, because I did do the the forgive your um, student forgiveness. I'm doing that now. Is that helpful? It it can be helpful for a lot of people. And, again, what you have to go back to is kind of the terms and conditions of any type of loan that you get and see what options are available. Uh, people both strategies to get in out of debt and then also some strategies to, you know, stay out of it so that they don't ever have to take the student loans. And your case, in the case of tens of thousands of Americans, hundreds of thousands, there are so many people who are there are struggling to pay their, fi- their student loans. And what you'll have to do is you have to go talk to the actual plan uh, administrators and find out what options are available to you. Explain any situation okay. or explain things. Now, some things that you can do, are actually kind of unique is this, is that especially towards the beginning of the loan, it's amortized, and so basically it means that most of the money is going towards paying off interest in current and future years, and very little is going towards principal. And so what you can actually do as a quick technique is um, at the beginning, double your principal. It's not that much. Uh, in your case, with about $40,000 of student loans, you had said, that doubling the mm-hmm. principal would be like paying an extra 50 to to $100 per month. And so okay. you tell them in writing, you tell them in writing, any extra amount goes towards principal. They won't do it unless you tell them, because that's just the rules they have to abide by. But if you okay. tell them in advance, any additional money goes towards principal, what you can do is the money can start uh, being applied. And just putting in, especially at the beginning of a loan, right when you're out of college, any extra amount you can put in helps out substantially and saves you hundreds or thousands of dollars in interest as the loan uh, goes on through time. Steve, I'm paying $139.98 a month. So double that and tell them to put that extra towards the principal? Yeah. That would be a one option. You could also, if you were tight on cash, break it down to the, uh, ask them for an amortized, how much you're paying each month for interest and how much you're paying for the principal. And then just double the principal. Of that 139, it's probably something that if it, I don't know where you're at in your loan time frame, but it's probably something like 40 bucks or so that's only going to the principal. So you could double that if needs be. But Just by doing that, that would get you out of debt in half the time, approximately. And so that's one option. (laughs) Right, okay. Another option, and for many students who are uh, ex-students or former students who have finished college or um, for whatever reason, they're now paying back loans. Another thing you can do is actually go get another job. This sounds kind of funny, but as you hire in, the IRS allows employers to uh, put some money towards student loans as an incentive. So you can ask them for some help with putting some of the money towards that as a sign-on bonus. That's a great option for many people. Typically, it'll be less than $10,000 that they'll pay off, but, I mean, who wouldn't take an extra ten grand? Come on. This is like, oh, yeah, hand over the money. So that's something that people can do is um, actually, it sounds kind of funny, but go apply for another job with another company or another organization. And as a sign-in bonus, ask if they have the ability to waive uh, putting any money towards your student loans. Okay. Uh, most I heard a couple of my coworkers saying that they'll just keep going to school just to avoid that. And I'm like, uh, I don't want to keep going to school to avoid the problem. I mean, I don't want to end up being a nail technician like one lady, or HVAC. Now you, you're a teacher, then you're a daycare worker. Come on. Uh-uh. You have so many certificates, it don't make any sense, but you're, still, but you're avoiding the problem now. It's still just going to build up, and what you're going to keep doing until you're 80 or 90, keep going back to school, that's, that's a little bit ridiculous. Now that's going overboard. <laughs> 
I quite agree. But some people, oh, they don't see things clearly, and they're just trying to avoid a problem. They kick the can further and further down the road. Right. And I don't want to do that. I want to hit mine's head off. If I can get rid of it, get it off, while even though it's on my credit report, I want to take care of it. I mean, I made the issue, and, of course, when you get into it, there's consequences to pay. And and these children don't realize that. That's why I think there need to be courses in class explaining this, not just, okay, you get to your senior year of high school, oh, go ahead, fill out these applications, we'll um, get staff with financial aid, not really telling you more about that. I think it needs to be more to it. Okay, if you if it's not satisfied, you do can you can get these student loans, but understand this, when you get student loans, you, you're promised to pay those back. Years later, there's no old. Let me do this this way, and yeah, you might get an income, um, an income difference. Sometimes they'll work with you on your income, but it needs to be a class in school. And I, I think to be honest, start early. You know, you're actually very right, Technisha. Is that there actually does need to be a class? And uh, toward the end of the call, I'm actually doing a free class just to help people out awesome. to do that. So I'll oh, explain good. that at the end of the call. But at this present moment, I want to tell people so that they're, they're aware, so that they can tell their children what to avoid and why student loans are so dangerous. People don't understand. It's not like getting a car loan, and it's not like uh, perhaps even a mortgage on a house. Uh, the first problem is, is you, you mentioned it before, mm-hmm. is, is that you'll pay one and a half to three times as much for your college just because of the fees and interest that happen. Right. Uh, and so that's a big problem in and of itself. And while you're in school, all that's happening is interest is building and you're getting more and more in debt. So that's a problem. Next is, is that they don't tell you, uh, you, don't cap it off based on major or what the average starting salary. They just ask borrowers, how much do you want to borrow and sign on the dotted line? Well, the problem with that is they don't know. And to be put into a situation where uh, students will borrow ten, twenty, a hundred thousand dollars of debt is harsh because they think they'll pay it back later. They don't have a guarantee they'll actually even get a job. And so, taking out a student loan, and you also mentioned this, is it puts your financial future in risk because it makes it okay. harder to buy a house. It puts you in mm-hmm. debt. It lowers your credit score. It does all these things. But then here's the big one, the very scary one is it never goes away. Right now, the bankruptcy laws of the United States, even if a person wants to take out student loans and then suddenly become uh, medically sick, didn't have a job, or cannot pay, it doesn't go away. And so even if you declare bankruptcy, it's still there. If you have a car payment or a mortgage, and you know, heaven forbid you actually have to declare bankruptcy, those can go away, but not a student loan. They're stuck with you. Right. Exactly. And you and you hit it off on the point because I was going to do that too because, well, I had an issue with drive time. I, co- I co-signed with my husband and not as much driving the vehicle, but when you co-sign with someone with a car, your name is just as much as reliable as theirs, and it goes on a credit report. But in order to remove it, you could do a bankruptcy. But as you said, the government stuff does not disappear. Then if you do the bankruptcy, that's still on your credit report. So uh, it's kind of like that. It it just doesn't erase. And then people look at you like, okay, you got student, you have student loan. But the thing is, for me, Stephen, I want to make sure I do pay mine on time. I want to still stay in good credit standing with that loan. Hey, she got a loan. She could pay it off and not trying to run away from it. And hopefully, by the grace of God, before I even hit my 50s, that I have it paid off before my daughters come running to me. With college. Absolutely. And keep in mind that, um, like I said, every bit you can contribute helps out substantially. And so keep working at that. And by all means, be sure to have any listeners here set it so it automatically drafts. That way you don't have to check, write out a check every month to pay it off. Just have it automatically draft. But would you be all right, Technicia, if I could share some strategies with your audience of how to avoid these student loans in the first place? Okay. Yes, we hit on it. Okay, we hit on one before, like several before actually. Uh we hit on applying to FAFSA. That's a great start. Second, you know, go get a job. And 
here's a kind of a fun one is, is that most people oh, don't they'll discredit getting a scholarship and what's unique to me is is that they won't even take the time to look into uh, what scholarships are are available to them um, I described that there are specifically three kinds of scholarships one is a background based scholarship this is like your heritage it's the part of the country that you came from uh, there could be a high school or that has a specific grant or trust fund established for people of that high school your religion or things that have happened to you in your inner life it's not something that you did as it's a background-based scholarship. It's something that you're either born into or circumstances were forced upon you. You didn't really do anything other than it came to you. The second kind of scholarship is a project-based scholarship. And a project-based scholarship is you do something to get something. In other words, it'd be like taking a picture as a photographer or making a video or making a piece of art, writing an essay or doing service. Those are all scholarships that are based off of doing a project. You do something to get something. The last type is called a merit-based scholarship. And a merit-based scholarship is sort of like a project-based scholarship, but it takes longer time. For example, I don't know of anyone who can show up at a piano recital and never have played the piano before, sit down and play a beautiful piece, and win. I've never met anybody who can do that. It takes years of Ooh. practice to get to that yeah, level. it does. The same type of thing with like a high GPA. It's that's why it's called your grade point average. Is it? It takes consistent effort to keep it that way. And one of the coolest ones that I've heard of uh, of getting a merit-based scholarship was this young man who raised a cow as a show cow that he auctioned off at a scholarship auction for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So he had the best cow, and hence he won. But what I hear a lot of people saying is, is that, oh, scholarships don't work, and they're only for smart people, they're only for rich people, they're only for poor people, they're only for uh, people who are athletic. But you stop well, you and listen to all those complaints. Yeah, yeah, that's the problem, is they're looking in the wrong spot. And so yeah. I'm going to share a tool right now that will help out a lot of people. It's called www.fastweb dot com fastweb.com now what this is oh, is um, oh i'm sorry go ahead no i gotta make sure i make sure i post that on my website oh Stephen, where were you when i was going to school because you just hit on there we do ask that oh the scholarships are not for everyone yeah they do make you feel like it's out there just for the smart people, but they have hidden scholarships too, people would tell me, just even for probably even for your hair being red, you know, just crazy little scholarships you could apply for, but always find them, and you just don't get the right answer because no one likes to give away free information all the time. Right, and this is exactly the thing, is if you were to go to Google or Bing and just type in scholarship, you would have millions of returns, and you wouldn't know, does this scholarship work for me or does it not? And so this is what FastWeb does. Is it you'll go in and answer about a hundred questions, no joke. It'll ask you things like uh, your your background, what your parents do for work, your religion, your hobbies, your extracurricular activities, the things you did in school, the things you did out of school, your major, your GPA, all of those questions. And what it'll do is it'll create a profile for you, and it will search everything that you want uh, that applies to you. It will show you. And what's great is if you have, let's say that it, uh, there's a scholarship and your GPA is a, a 3.0 and it has a minimum GPA of a 3.2, it won't show you that scholarship. So it eliminates just right there. It's a useful tool because it eliminates all the ones that don't work for you and only shows you the ones that do work for you. And so that's helpful in and of itself. But what you can do then is you can actually sort it by deadline and know when it's going to be applied, mm -hmm. and read the requirements for each of those scholarships. So you can actually look at it and see if it's something you want to do or not. So that's helpful in it also. But another bonus that it does, it allows you to click on the scholarship, and it can take you to the exact page on the website where to go and how to apply in such a way so you don't have to waste your time hunting around for it as well. Now, uh, this is actually kind of funny is, is that I wanted to test it, so I created a profile, and I picked an obscure major. Uh, I picked a uh, agriculture, and 
the profile of I showed interest in bull riding. I just wanted to see what it would be if I picked something obscure. And so I punched okay. in the information. And uh, do we need to go for a break? Okay. Oh, no. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I punched in the information on this profile and gave him a 2.7 GPA and a 19 on the ACT test. And you wouldn't think you'd get that many scholarships, you know, maybe 10 or something like that. Well, the search came okay. back with 83 scholarships, and he had the potential for $184,000 in scholarships available to someone. With bull riding in agriculture, my goodness. And so if that is an obscure major, think of what you could do with a more common major, something that, mm -hmm. you know, is more generally applicable to a wide variety of people. It will show you all of these scholarships that are available. And there are several other scholarship search engines. This is the one that I use the most just because of some of the features it can do. And so you can go start applying to scholarships uh, right there. It'll take you to the spot you need to go, and it'll show you the scholarships that will work for you. That's what's an incredible tool. Now, people will say, oh, Stephen, uh, that's on the Internet, and anyone can find it. Well, it may be on the Internet, but it, it's also this, is, is that not everyone applies to it. I won two scholarships from learning about them from FastWeb. So it does work, but you've got to be willing to take the time to do it. Right, uh, and another, about it. Another thing that I encourage people to do is there actually is a, scholar, a sequence that people need to follow for the best results. And the sequence, uh, the short version of the sequence is this, is first you go apply for FAFSA. Uh, we mentioned that before, mm -hmm. but the reason why I say apply to that one first is because a lot of scholarships will ask you to show owe some type of financial need and will require you to fill out the FAFSA anyway. So you might as well go do okay. it up front. Why? Then go check with your major and your department. Um, for example, if your major is uh, counting, if you go check with the accounting department at your school and ask if they have any scholarships, but what happens is that excludes all of the nursing majors, all of the art history majors, all of the mathematics majors, and only gives scholarships for the accounting majors. So next, go there. Go to your department and go to your major. From there, go to the campus general scholarship fund and ask them some questions of basically, do you have any scholarships? What this does okay. is it only limits it to the people in the school. And so you're not having to compete against everybody across the U.S. It's just the people at your school. Uh, from the um, general scholarship fund, go to the Office of Prestigious Scholarships. They are different. And people hear prestigious and they hear, think, oh, no, you know, I'm not going to qualify for that. But the truth of the matter is, is that um, prestigious scholarships are just another category of scholarships. They don't necessarily mean that you have to be uh, a perfect student or have a, a perfect GPA or anything like that. It's just another office that holds a scholarship. And prestigious can also mean, this is why I encourage people to go apply, is, is that they also mean high dollar uh, scholarships where they offer you know, $5,000, $10,000, $20,000 of scholarships. So right about at the same time, that's when you can start applying to FAFSA, uh, excuse me, FAFSAB, and start doing scholarship searches across the nation. Now, it's so funny to me is because, like, uh, there's a peanut butter company that had a scholarship mm -hmm. for six-year-olds to make a recipe with peanut butter. I wow. mean, how basic is, is that? It's incredibly easy to find some topic for a scholarship. If your GPA is not great, you'll be focusing more on project-based and background-based scholarships. Or if wow. you have an okay GPA, you can focus on mm -hmm. you know, scholarships that apply more for GPA. It just That's the thing is you don't have to limit yourself just based on um, thinking, oh, I'm not a great student or anything. I wasn't a perfect student, but at the same time, 
I was given scholarships. Why? Because I applied. Now, can I share with you a quick story, Technisha, about my biggest mistake in college? Okay. This was my biggest financial mistake in college. And I share this to have people learn from my experience. Well, in my major, there were about 800 people at the university. And Mm -hmm. the department emailed me and said, along with all the other students, and said that a company was offering two, so there were two of them, uh, scholarships that had would pay double the amount of tuition plus offer a paid internship. So it was somewhere between about fifteen to $25,000 that was available, and including the internship. And so I thought, oh, great. But then here's where my mistake came in. I was like, well, I've got 800 people in my major, and some of them are probably more academically qualified than me, so it would just be a waste of my time to actually take the time to apply. And besides that, I mean, I've got homework to do. And so why would I even put forth the effort? Well, the deadline about a week later came, and I didn't apply. And about a week after that, they announced the winners for the scholarship. Now, how many people would you think, Technicia, applied to about a fifteen to $25,000 scholarship? There were two of them offered. I'm, ho- I'm hoping that at least more than 10 to 15 applied for this scholarship. I would have hoped so, too, and it would have made me feel better, but no. truthfully, it was three. Wow. Three people applied for the scholarship. They, that means they had a 66% chance of getting a scholarship. Now, the two people that won, were, yeah, they deserved to win because they applied. But I knew who they were, and I was better academically qualified than they were. But I didn't apply, and so I cost myself fifteen to $25,000. And so uh, here's the biggest mistake you can make in, in college is to self-select out to by not applying. That is the biggest mistake. I told this story to my wife, and she's like, oh, yeah. Um, I, she sheepishly admitted, she said, I ha- did about the same thing. She was given a scholarship. All she had to do was say, click a box that say, yes, I accept. Well, she put it off and put it off, and she didn't accept it, and she lost, missed the deadline, and she didn't oh, accept her scholarship. That All she had to do was click accept. And uh, so, don't ignore those type of things. That was a message right there. But I don't want Absolutely. anyone out there to miss right. I don't want anyone out there to miss Steven's message. And we're gonna get more into talking about his book, but we're gonna take a commercial break and we'll be right back on the bright side with Technicia. So don't go anywhere. Thought it was over? Not yet. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Blog, Blog, Blog Talk Blog Talk Radio, baby. Hey, kids, let mom help with your science project. This new mom wants her kids' science project to thrive. Too bad she hasn't cracked a science book since 1985. A metathesis reaction? Compound fixtures and elements, even this baking soda volcano is too big of an experiment. Whoa. Now she's completely forgotten the periodic table. Now she's burning a hole through the kitchen table. Burning with science. But her kid's love for the mom is truly transparent. Proof you don't have to be perfect to be the perfect parent. Don't tell Dad. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of siblings in foster care will take you just as you are. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. All right, we're back with Stephen Roberts, and we're trying to win this money game, baby. Trying to actually, where you can go through college debt-free. And that's what you explain in your book, too, Stephen, how to actually make it through going debt-free not using any credit cards as much, or not using them at all at that matter. Okay. Well, may I share some other techniques with your audience there, Technicia? Okay. 
Okay, here's something that can you can do. There, there, I'm going to give you two that you can do that actually are completely indif- GPA independent. They don't depend on your GPA whatsoever. And here's what you can do: is you can go to um, your state's what's called a 529 education savings plan. And what these do is okay. they allow you to put money towards educational expenses. What they can go for are tuition, class fees, lab fees, and your books, and also, which is cool, your housing. So this is something that's really cool. Now, a 529 savings plan acts like a Roth IRA in the fact that you take money that's already been taxed and you stick it into account, and then you use it for qualified expenses. In the case of a 529 education savings plan, you use it for – School. You use it for any school expenses that you might have that are uh, in those categories I listed before. And so each state's uh, plan behaves differently. Why this is cool is that any money grows tax-free. So you don't have to pay any taxes on the growth. But some states, like, for example, Texas, they kind of walk in the price of whatever it is today. It will keep your price uh, from growing up, and that's what's kind of cool. Other states, they offer state income tax credits. Like, for example, Utah, it offers a 5% state tax credit that you can get just for doing things that you'd have to do ordinarily, like paying your rent or going, paying your tuition. You can get up to a 5% state income tax credit. That counts as a return. It's money you didn't have to spend. And so that's a great tool that can help out a lot of people just save some money for college and on college expenses. Another tool is what's called an individual development account. Now, what this is Mm -hmm. is a pool of community resources that help people to establish assets. Uh, What an asset is by them is three things. One, it's a college education. Two, it's a down payment for a house. Or three, it's funds to start a business. So what happens is this. Again, each state and each community is different, but what you can do is go uh, get one of these accounts, and from there, um, what they'll do is you'll take some financial classes. They'll help people become more financially literate, which is a good thing. And then what they'll also do is they'll establish an account with you, and for every dollar you, you put in, they'll match it. Now, some states will do a matching one-for-one, and other states will go as high as three-for-one. So for every dollar you put in, they put in $3. So that's okay. a pretty cool plan. And, but what happens is this, is they'll generally put a time frame on and say, okay, each month you need to set aside um, X number of dollars to participate in this plan. And I'm familiar most with the Utah plan, and they'll match it a three-for-one. So basically put it is you can put a minimum of 15 or up to 6250 every month. But they'll save it for two years, and so you'll put in $1,500, whereas at the end of two years, you'll have $6,000. So it matches three-to-one. You get a uh, basically a 400% return on your money. And so... That's cool in and of itself. But what also is cool is then you can go use it for one of those three things. And if you can, when you actually apply for this, set aside, um, ask if you can do all three. Because even if you don't use it for school, then you can use the money for a house. So also a good thing. And they'll generally have you you establish a plan and work with them, but it makes a great resource for many students. Another useful for many students is to actually go ask your boss for some help. Uh, A lot of companies will offer what's called tuition assistance or tuition reimbursement. Um, The difference between the two is is that one will come at the beginning of a semester and the other will Mm -hmm. come at the end of the semester. And so that's just how it is. But the IRS allows companies to write off typically about uh, as of August 2012, it was $5,250 that you can write off as a company for your employees. So what this means is you go to your boss and you say, boss, guess what? I have found a way to save the company taxes. 
And your boss will go, oh, really? What's that? And you explain and say, the IRS allows uh, employers to write off uh, employees' tuition. And after the limit of $5,250, what happens is the, the, the company can still actually write off more. It just gets counted as income on your, your paycheck, whereas before it didn't. So just as a note, they can still write it off. And so that's a great okay. benefit. And what the, yeah. the companies yeah, may do is. actually amazed because companies, they want to do good things for their employees. They want to be attractive as a company, and so they'll offer these. And now you don't even have to do it for yourself. You can ask for your children. Ask your boss if they have any resources for you or your children, depending upon your circumstance. And I know of right. and some companies. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, uh, I was agreeing with you on that, Steve, because my job does it, Marriott. But the only thing about them, they'll do it if you're going into hospitality. Okay. And so there are some conditions that are placed in each case. And like you said, they may have it be related to the job. They may also require you to work a certain number of hours each uh, week. And they may also require you to have a time commitment with the company, that you'll stay with the company for two, one, two, three, or whatever it is, a number of years. And so, but let me explain why this is better than a student loan. Okay? Let's say the worst case scenario, you had to pay some of the money back. Okay? But here's, here are the good things about it is, um, number one, the company may decide to prorate the amount that you owe. So, in other words, if they have a time requirement of two years and you can only stay a year and a half, they may choice a waive 75% of what you owed. Just prorate it and say, okay, here's what uh, we'll do. And so that's an option that they can do. Another thing is this, is while you're in school, you won't be make, paying any interest. So it won't be coming at you later with a bigger bill. But then when okay. you repay the money, what they'll do is – They'll put on this condition and establish a repayment plan. They only care about the principal. They generally won't charge interest as long as you pay it off in a short space of time, um, somewhere between less than two years. And so you're not essentially they gave you an interest-free loan for using the company resources to pay for money. So it saved you all that interest. And if it by chance came to the fact that you had to declare bankruptcy, heaven forbid, but if you had to, that doesn't count as a student loan, and so it doesn't have the same penalties that a student loan has. And so at the worst case scenario, it's still better than a student loan. But the best case scenario is you can get money for your tuition and possibly books from the company to be able to use it, assuming that the company approves of the classes you're taking. And okay. so that makes a, a really good resource. I know of about 60-plus companies who will offer some form of tuition assistance or tuition reimbursement. And so that's a great resource for many, many students because they don't require you to have a very high GPA. Generally, it's about a two, but again, that's up to the company. Oh, good. So That's wonderful. So that's Starting a, off, when I first got to school, that GPA was okay, and then it started going down. It's like, oh, GPA go down, the the financial aid go away, and it's like, oh, okay. So you really do have to work hard to just keep this going because they look at it like we're helping you. We're giving you this money. You should be responsible enough to have good grades. And, but I'm glad that you did mention that even if you do have a low GPA. Stephen, one thing I like about this book, too, in your book, not only does it help, but this will help so many parents who are having their newbies. I like to call them newbies for the ones who are now, who already had their children. And the main thing that we have to think of is, okay, 18 years later, I'm going to have to start writing all these darn big old checks. And it's not like that. It's like you have to start now while they're even in your womb. You have to think, oh, I need to get this savings plan together because I do have my daughter's a savings plan but I don't think it's enough. Maybe I should be doing like a 529 savings plan or a college plan. I don't, you know. So I think this book is very resourceful for new common moms, fathers. And what I like about it, it's not just, okay, I'm going to pick up this book and read it, and it's going to be boring. It's going to tell me this point, da-da-da. But your book actually goes into a story, and I love that. 
It's like I'm living well, this. Absolutely. And that's the thing is, is that I didn't want my book to be something that would be a rote list of things to do because it's hard right. to remember, and it's actually it's hard to understand why that's beneficial. And so what okay. I did is I wrote the book as a story so that people could see a couple things. One, they could see what happens when you follow the advice, what happens when you don't follow the advice, and most importantly, mm-hmm. how to follow the advice or how to do it. And so I go through, and the young man who's the main character, he's at the side of the road, and he has a flat tire, and he tries to call him home and hit up mom for <laughs> some money. <laughs> you know, I mean, a lot of people have been there. I could under, they can relate. But his mom tells him that his dad had to take a significant pay cut, and he, they couldn't help out with his college anymore. And so along the way, he meets several friends and, and people who teach him how to do these things. And so I give the websites, I teach uh, the material, but I do it in the context of a story. Now, I got to tell you this, is, is that I ran this book by dozens of students before it was published. I just wanted to get their take on it and go, is this helpful? Is this something that, you know, you enjoyed? And a lot of them came back to me and told me, I thought this was going to have to be something I had to struggle through, that it was going to be hard to finish. But they told me I couldn't wait to finish it because – it was so enveloping in the story. And I learned what to do just by reading about the character and what he did. And so at the end of each chapter, I have a list of do this and don't do this for quick reference. That way people can go and look at it and understand the steps they need to take. But the how to do it is enveloped in the context of the story. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I like that, that has been something that's been engaging for people. And it's not just a... Uh, a dry book that puts people to sleep or anything like that. Right. But it's a story that people can relate to. And the, could, the main character doesn't do everything perfectly, but he learns exactly. each, as he goes along. I can cling to it. This is something I can accept. You're going through the same thing that I'm going to go through or probably already have been through. Why on that same level, like you said, it's not about steps. Because anybody can tell you all day how to do steps. And what's the first thing we do when somebody gives you so many rules and instructions? You forget. But here you won't forget because, okay, this is this is based off of me. I can follow this. Okay, we all been through there. Flat ties. We all try to get discounts. I love them now. I really do appreciate discounts now that I'm a mom. I even hang around people who love more discounts because everything, you don't always have to spend your money on. There are free things you can get, especially with your student discount. All you have to do is ask the right questions. Because sometimes our problem, most people's problem is, Stephen, we know, is we don't ask the right questions. We, we pay out our pockets, such as me, when I went to amusement park and didn't know that my husband could get a discount because of his age, and I ended up spending a little bit more. And I could have, and he gets on me all the time. You know, you could get a discount because of my age. I all I have to do is just show my ID, and it's like, yeah, I keep forgetting that. And I got to make sure. And you explain that in your book about you could get discounts with these apps. We all love our smartphones. Why not use them to the best of our ability? Get those apps. I know I do. I'll be trying to find coupon finders. I'll be on Retail Me Not. Every time I go online, I'll be like, hold on, let me see what Retail Me Not got for this discount. I saved 20% on, on um, it was on soap.com. I saved 20% on my order. No, I take that back. It was on shoes for crews for work. I saved my 20% on my work shoes. So you could find discounts. Yeah. You just have to dig for them. They're out here, people. And they actually have a show, Stephen, on people who actually fight to save on coupons. I have seen the show. A woman has so much tissue, they said it could last her a year and a half. Probably don't even need that much. But she finds coupons. There's people who actually take out their time to dig for coupons. Now, I don't know if I go that far, Stephen, but that just shows you how people do not want to spend out money. And I, I don't blame them. If I could save it, then, hey, why not? It's not being penny pension. You just learn to be smart. And college is going up so much now, it's scary. I don't even know how much college going to be when my girls get there. They're only nine now. Yeah, that's the thing about it is is that uh, I mentioned that as well, and I'm actually glad to hear that you use Reach Me Not. I love that website just because <laughs> it does let you get coupons, and they're prioritized yes, by 
other users and to find out what's effective or not. Because a lot of the times you have a problem with going and searching uh, for a coupon and it's like a website from 2009 or something. And you're like, well, that didn't do me any good. So that's why I like Retail Me Not. But it's amazing. My wife actually makes fun of me um, because I'll ask uh, store owners and just go, do you happen to have any discounts or specials going on? And she laughs because what? most of the time I get one. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Good Morning America showed that too. You can ask. That's the, sometimes the, the employees will give you. They will show you how to get discount. They'll even give you their own discount. You just have to ask. There's nothing wrong with asking. It's your money. Why not? A lot of times they will just be so helpful. But uh, one guy said they threw him off, I guess, because he was finding too many discounts through Amazon. He was going back, comparing prices and stuff. They they kind of blocked them out. <laughs> they, a lot of times they don't want you to find everything. They want you to spend. If they can find a way for you to spend more money, they will do it. But, Stephen, yes, they will. You, mentioned, you, you mentioned about the bubblegum diamond thief. What exactly is that? How okay, that I'm glad you asked that, that question. Absolutely. Well, here, here's let me tell you the story of how it happened is um, – I didn't use it by the name of Bubblegum Diamond Thief, but I used the principles. When I was 10 years old, I got a paper out, and I was getting about 100 bucks a month. And so, you know, as a 10-year-old, that's pretty good. But what's funny is, is that for the first eight months of my paper out, I spent my money on whatever 10-year-olds spent it on, bubblegum and candy and junk and this, that, and whatever. And so I really wasn't doing anything. Uh, with my money productively. But what happened is, is that um, the day after Thanksgiving sale came out, and this was, uh, you know, right as when the internet was kind of getting bigger, but it really wasn't like it is today. And so I got to see the ads before everybody else did who was on my paper route. And I looked through them, and there was something that caught my eye. As a uh, 10, now 11-year-old, I wanted to get a computer. I was like, huh. Normally, the computers were about $2,000. I'd seen previous ads, but on this day, the day after Thanksgiving sale, they were half off. They were about 1000 And so I was like, huh, if I just saved my money for one year, I could buy a computer. And so what I did is I did that. My parents didn't even know I was doing it. I just saved up my money, and the next year, I bought a computer. But here's the cool thing. It didn't cost $1,000 because technology had gotten better, prices went down, and I got a better computer. Uh, so it cost me somewhere about 850 then with tax, somewhere about 900 I actually saved 100 bucks compared to what it was the year before. Now, what do most people do? Most people will go, when they want something that they want, they'll just pull out their credit card, swipe it, and then pay for it over and over again with interest. And so... The thing may even go in the garbage. They may forget about it, but the debt is still there. And so the very first thing with a bubblegum diamond thief is you've got to have a diamond, a prize for you. Any happily married woman, Technicia, about under what conditions she would part with her her diamond and her wedding ring, she would tell you never. A happily married woman would be like, no, I'm not getting rid of that thing. (laughs) It's mine, baby. I'm keeping it. And so – that's the point is is that you first define something that matters to you. Now, what that could be right. with your goal, it could be your dream wedding, a new electronic gizmo, a road trip, a study abroad, or something else that's cool. It's not just like going to the movies cool. It's like, wow, if you, do you remember in college when we did XYZ? Or do you remember that time when we – that's the, the, the type of thing I'm looking for. And so what you do is you first establish your goal. Now, when I was 10 years old, uh, I saw that uh, computer, and I would ask myself uh, when I was at the store, do I want this bubble gum or do I want my computer? And I would always pick the computer. And so that's the other thing is, is if you spend too much of your money, you've got to do two things. One, eliminate your expenses or at least reduce Mm -hmm. them. And two – you've got to find ways to increase your income. And so the, uh, if you spend your money too much on bubblegum type items, things that only like last a short while, that give temporary satisfaction, you'll never get your diamond type items. 
And so Right, I teach my dogs that today. Do when you get money you have to spend it on you know, our parents always used to tell us, spend it on your needs and not your wants. And I, I don't want to say don't spend on your wants, but understand this. Do you love it or do you really love it? Because there's a big difference. If you don't really, really love it, then you don't need it because it's going to be gone. And I don't need you to come back to mommy asking for more. So I hope you kind of, I hope they remember that message. Mommy, Mommy's not your automatic pedal. Telemachine. So. Hey, mom's not ATM. Um, <laughs> understood. Right. <laughs> but any case, is that I lay out some strategies in my book for people to actually get their diamonds to where how to get it yeah. faster than they realize is possible, yeah. and still have their uh, pay for their college. And this goes through a set of uh, systems that are really easy to implement, but they're in detail in my book. Now, this are, is something that's amazing is if you actually take the time to look at some resources, go sit down with you, your colleges and your department's financial counselor and ask them if they have any resources that don't involve student loans. Just by doing that simple thing, you'll be miles ahead of the average student. But in addition, though, is start looking around for resources. You might spend 30 minutes or whatever applying for a scholarship, but that's if you got it, it would save you – thousands of dollars and years of debt. I tell people that yes, they think does. that applying to scholarships is worthless because it's only for certain people, only the top people. Well, here's the funny right. thing is, is that if you were to spend uh, 40 hours and quote-unquote waste your time mm-hmm. applying to scholarships but only got one $1,000 scholarship out of it, that would be the equivalent of getting $25 an hour without having to pay any payroll taxes. So it's really a thousand bucks, not nine hundred and something. Right. And so, or you don't want is, to apply for the scholarship because all about writing, and that's not so true. A lot of scholarships pass that writing. But Stephen, I I do appreciate you for coming on to the show and giving us these tips, especially for ones who already are in debt. He gave you a few little tips on how to take care of those, how to pay double on your principal, so that's good that we covered that. And as well, if you're not in debt, don't get in it because it's, it's hard. It's easy to get into but hard to get out. And you gave us great tips on also for parents who have children such as myself and what to do, start getting these college saving plans in gear. Look for these scholarships even at a young age. They have some out there for 9-year-olds, 10. We just have to stop being lazy and do what we have to do. We have the resources in front of us now. We have all these smartphones and these computers. Let's get to using these um, utensils. That's why I like to call them utensils. They're just like a fork and knife. You use it to eat, let's use these to eat, and let's get full off of them. But, Stephen, if you don't mind, Absolutely. give the people your your website and where they can purchase your book. Okay. Well, great. Is The website is www dot college cash champion dot com and if you go there i'm actually going to be having a free uh conference call slash webinar on for four weeks to teach people how to not uh get student loans and how to pay for college it's july 2nd july 9th july 16th and july 23rd go to my website www.collegecashchampion.com register and I will share with you these strategies in greater detail and help you so that you can avoid having to go the route of having to pay student loans. They're onerous and they're annoying. But as for the book, the book can be purchased at my website as well, collegecashchampion.com, and also anywhere books are sold. Well, thank you so much, Steve, for coming on to the show. And as our philosopher, Solon, tells us virtue always remains with us but you can have money today and tomorrow your money can get another person so let's be mindful of that please pick up Stephen roberts book because it will help you in the near future <laughs> but Stephen, thank you again for coming on we really well, appreciate thank you technicia have a wonderful day you too and thank you, listeners. Please, I will make sure I post the information up on my Facebook fan page, The Bright Side with Technicia, and I'll catch you on another episode. God bless. Thanks for listening to The Bright Side with Technicia. If you like what you heard, tell your dad, mother, cousin, uncle, whomever. 
Be sure to check out the archive section at www.brightsidewithtk.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.